This is a City of Crestview podcast. Welcome to Season 2 of Civic View. My name is Chance Levins and I'm your digital media specialist here at the City of Crestview. The goal of Civic View is to keep our citizens informed and entertained while maintaining a sense of transparency between you and your local government. And here at City Hall and all across the city, we value that communication as well as civic engagement, and we hope this podcast will continue to be a source of both. So let's get started. Hello, Crestview, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Civic View. Uh, to continue the theme of the what hopefully was the last episode you listened to, we're going to uh, talk some more about hurricane preparedness, um, but uh, this one's going to be a little different. So we're going to talk about what the city of Crestview does internally to prepare for a hurricane, what we do during a storm, and then some of the things uh, that go on after the storm. And to talk about those, I have um our city manager tim balduck tim thanks for taking the time to join me it's a pleasure as always chance yes sir and i also have um a special guest uh, our public services director uh, mr wayne still mr still thank you for being here glad to be here yeah uh for later we might talk about how wayne is also a country music legend he is a legend locally and actually across the country Yeah. Just nodding. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is radio. He's you like, what talk. is happening right now? <laughs> I was I was defining legend in my mind. Oh, is that what it was? That's what it was. All right. So yeah. So they're like, what is he said? Hurricanes. What's going on right now? No. Um. So yeah. So you know, I spent some time talking with April in the other episode, and we talked about how to get your hands on the hurricane guide for 2021 right. checklist, what you need to do when you should prepare those kinds of things. But I thought it'd be really valuable for our citizens to get an understanding of um, what the city does uh, as an organization, as a unit, um, to make sure that you know we're taking care of Crestview during uh, something as what can be as devastating as a you know category four or five storm. I mean, a category right. three can be devastating if it's the right type of storm. Um, so I think I'll start with uh, uh, you, Tim, um, from a city manager's aspect, from that whole, you know, right. the captain of the ship type thing. So what, what, is, it, uh, what is it that we do? So we, we um, actually, during 2019 and 2020, we went through and developed our emergency management plan uh, here at the city. And they, they had one. Uh, it was really kind of... Uh, segmented by departments. And so we, we put it all together, combined it into one plan. And, and what people don't realize is a lot of times uh, we are two or three days into preparation before it really even starts to make the local news. And so we have, we, you know, we work together uh, very closely with Pat Maddox and his team, and they do a very good job over there of keeping us up to date on things that are going on in the tropics. And so, um, our, our program is very proactive. It, it is a, um, we have what we call a zero day, and then we have days before and days po- after the storm. Zero day is the day that it lands. And so, you know, what, what we do depends obviously on the type of storm, how severe it is. Uh, but uh, what makes it nice is we have a, we have a plan. And so, so we can, when we start to see a storm develop, sometimes they develop inside the Gulf. So we only have two days. Uh, well, if you've got a plan that says five days out, Mr. Steele is going to gas up all the vehicles um, or have the vehicles all gassed up or order gas uh, and, and things like that, then, you know, what we do is we just jump to that pace, place in the plan. And so really, um, 
a lot of times, by the time you post something on Facebook about, you know, be aware there's a storm coming, uh, Mr. Steele has already gone and done a ton of work. Uh, he, our fire chief, uh, Tony Holland, who is, who is uh, our emergency management director, um, by the charter, the mayor is over emergency management operations, but he delegates that to me. Uh, and so we, we have a, what we call an emergency structure and Tony, uh, chief Tony is over that. And he, he coordinates with each of the departments, um, and we communicate back and forth. And so, uh, really it's, it's about pulling the plan and executing the plan. Uh, a lot of the work, most of the work has to be done long before, just like what I'm sure you talked about with April. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, one of the first things we talked about was, you know, there's like three checklists in our guide. And one of the first ones is, you know, like there's a storm in the Gulf. This is when you get ready. Then it's like this, it's we're five days out. Here's your five right. day checklist. Cause if you're waiting until the day before to start working that checklist, you're, you know, you're in trouble, not just, uh, you know, as an individual, but the city too. Right. So, you know, we, we practice what we preach and that is, you know, be well, prepared yeah, and, ahead of time. And, and we actually start in May. And so we don't, uh, you know, we don't in June, uh, when the hurricanes start to come or we start to hear about hurricanes, uh, you know, at the time that we're recording this, there's some rumbling of a storm in the, yeah. in the, in the, uh, making its way into the Gulf. And so, you know, we're not out trying to find sandbags today. Um, Wayne and his team have done that already. And so we actually begin, our process begins early May, uh, sometimes a little bit before that, but by at least early May. And then in June, we've done an exercise and then we, and then we're ready. And then when the storms come, you know, we just, uh, roll, roll with the plan and everybody knows their role. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Yeah. So, so speaking of, of some of those things, uh, Mr. Steele, uh, uh, Tim pointed out, you know, some of the preparation things that, that you do, but there's also some preparation things that we offer, uh, our individual citizens. Um, when, when we get into one of these situations, I know like uh, sandbags are one of those things we, um, do we normally have those, uh, like in specific locations, we pretty much put them in those places every single time or. We do. We have them at Fire Station 3, at location there where the the new uh, skate park's located. Okay. That's off Brookmead behind the hospital. Exactly. Is that the is that where, where I would typically tell people to go get Yeah, them? that's the that's the main location. We also have some at Old Spanish Trail Festival site. Then we have uh, sand available in both locations. You have to bring your own shovels, but sandbags are available. You can pick them up as many as you need. And um, as long as you're a citizen of the city, and I doubt they'll turn anyone away in, in times like these, but you're welcome to it. Uh, it's, it's we just today, uh, we we are meeting right now, we're, uh, we are preparing for this event. It, it might uh, come our way in the next five days. So Alan, my street supervisor, they already have a new sign put in place for, directing people to uh to the sand you know and showing them where it's at and that sort of thing yeah and 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 to say this too and correct me if i'm wrong but i mean even if you don't live like down by the river uh you could grab you know sandbags may be something that still might be helpful for you uh in your neighborhood or in your yard i mean obviously when someone just come go hey man i need some sand for my yard and come over there and pick up truck up with which sand. happens yep. <laughs> but there's some uh there's some homes like on texas parkway that often come and pick up sandbags they just live in an area where it seems to they seem to get flooding yeah and um flooding occurs and encroaches upon you know their their home so they they always prepare well yeah and everybody got everybody got good practice last year chance we had a 
almost a hundred year event last year with flooding um, after one of the storms um, where where we had bridges closed and yeah, Crestview absolutely. was once again an island uh, for the second time that I can remember. Uh, maybe I'm sure has happened before, but but in in those cases we were lucky that this last year no one got water in their house. But but it was uh, good that everybody got a chance to go through the exercise. So we got we got to. Um, you know, check that out and make sure that we were closing the roads and the bridges and those kind of things um, in time and, and give people enough. There was last year uh, at the end of the season, we did a a um, things learned, lessons learned uh, on it. And we definitely figured out some some uh, coordination that we need to do. And so this year, as those things come up, we'll do a little bit better job, I think, of coordinating between us and, and the county. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I didn't. I mean, April and I didn't get into that on the, the podcast, so to speak. But um, I was mostly just teasing her if she was going to be on, on camera as much as Chris was right. <laughs> last year. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, and then that's where I, I come in in this situation oftentimes is I spend a lot of time looking at, you know, information from five or right. six different places, pl- plus what you guys are feeding me so we can try to, you know, make sure people understand, you know, this is what's happening if there are closed roads or if there are dangerous roads or scenarios or, you know, I'm going to say it again, uh, turn around, don't drown. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like um, stay off of the bridges if there's water on them, you know, things like that. Um, so so that's that's great. So organizationally, you know, we, we, we develop this plan, we practice this plan, we get we get prepared for it. Hurricane Sally absolutely was an opportunity for us um, to work as a team for the first time in a scenario like that. So that was a good one also. I mean, it, it was unpleasant, but, you know, um, we got to do that. So so speaking of that, um, what? so I want to move from, you know, what we do to prepare to kind of like what happens during the storm. Like you said, we come together and, and we, we have a team and we function through all that. But now let's kind of go with what happens with the city once we get to the other the other side of it. Sure. So really, um, you know, it's it's once you get to day zero, the storm happens. Everybody hunkers down until we get the release. Uh, you know, there there comes a time when we can't go out. So hopefully, everybody has prepared uh, and made wise decisions. And then, but as soon as the the wind dies down to about forty miles an hour, um, we're able to get back out. And so we'll get out, and immediately we go and begin to clear the roads. Uh, we have a, a process for that. There's a strategy. Wayne and his team is very good at that. We work together with the fire department. Um, our police, our police force, we have ways that we map things. And so, um, really Facebook, uh, has, has turned into a pretty good tool for the people, yeah. uh, for our residents to continually update us as well. But there are, you know, our phone lines are open. Disp- you can call into dispatch with, with, uh, not 911, but you can call into dispatch with trees down and, yeah, and non-emergency, like non-emergency line. Uh, and so, um, you know, immediately following the storm, we get, we roll into an assessment stage. Uh, and Wayne has a team of people that are assessing what the city's damage is. And then um, Barry Henderson, our community development services director, has a team that's beginning to assess the community damage. Um, what happens a lot of times is that uh, cleanup occurs so quickly that we, if we don't get a, an assessment team out, then we miss an opportunity to get reimbursement on things that FEMA would provide reimbursement funding to us for. So that's what uh, Barry and his team do. They do a first rush on the city to try to really assess what kind of damage we got, uh, where's the debris at, and then uh, you know how we pick it up and all of those kind of things. We have to keep track of all of that. There's a system in place for that. And so um, really it's the first couple of hours is about uh, life safety and then assessment 
and then we begin to strategize and prepare to to get things. So the first thing you do is clear the roads, and then you begin to figure out how do you, you know, get the water back on. How do you get the you know that kind of stuff? How do we help Gulf Power and those teams and and all of that? So and you know during the storm there there is an emergency management center that the county has that they man, and we have a representative there, um, and they will stay in that location for several days following the storm, depending on the size, uh, and they are our conduit to the really to the world. Um, but everything from the the state level to FEMA to, you know, all the way up to Washington, if it, depending on how bad the storm is. So if Wayne and his team need additional equipment, pumps or trucks or chainsaws or people, um, all of that stuff is funneled through the county. We have our own management, um, emergency management operations location here in the city. And uh, my staff and I, we work from that. And then we have people out in the field. Yeah. Um I know uh, I had talked to Mr. Steele some a little bit before we got started as well relating to uh, once that storm comes and we do start that debris cleanup and things like that. So we we have a service that we use that helps uh, assist with that. Now, I, do, I have a question as a citizen. Um, uh, so, if there's, so if there's something down and I can't deal with it, is there like a resource that we offer as the city that would help someone with that or... On private property? Yeah. Uh, it depends. If it's a life safety situation, then, um, then you know, we would use – the fire department would engage. They would either take care of it or they would engage resources on Wayne's team to get someone safely, you know, extricated from a home. If it's, if it's not that, if it's cosmetic or a tree laying on the roof or, or things like that, we do not do that. Okay. Um, but what we will do, uh, just as during Hurricane Michael, I led actually a, a volunteer team personally – over and did that kind of resource when it's us that's in need we'll be coordinating those types of volunteer teams and that first uh, assessment damage assessment group that goes out will be identifying places where we may have say an elderly couple with limited resources that has a tree down and then we work together to coordinate with all of those volunteer teams to get them pointed to those locations and that and luckily for us it's been a long time here in Crestview since we've had to deal with that yeah. but but that's the way that process works. There's groups of volunteers that come in and we get them steered in those directions and we help coordinate. Okay. Um, uh, Wayne, let me ask you. So because we have that group, you know, um, right now when there's like some rules for like Waste Pro to pick up yard debris and we don't typically let people put construction debris, which is some of what you would have if you had a bad enough problem during a hurricane. So when those things happen, we get into that cleanup phase. People are allowed to put, you know, pretty much what they need to put out there, right? I mean, if it's related to storm damage. Yes. And then, so we kind of like, you know, those rules don't, aren't really, I mean, well, obviously we don't want you to remodel your house and throw that out by the side of the road. No, and, but. <laughs> and, and what we do is, is usually we contact our debris removal contractor prior to the storm arriving. They strategically located outside the city somewhere. Like during Hurricane Michael for Panama City, they were here in Crestview. And then they went over it when it becomes safe. Okay. Same, same here. They would be aware. They would come in, and then we'll pick up in phases. Usually it'll be tree debris removal to start with. Your construction debris comes later because people hadn't had time to take those damaged uh, parts of their home out by the road. Right. Your shingles and roofs and everything else like that. So it's it starts with the tree debris, the vegetative-type removal first. And, uh, you know, once we get the streets open and passable. And we immediately engage and start that problem. As Mr. Bolduc stated, we, we also we go out and we take pictures. 
and we we look at this so we can report back to the EOC and let them know this street's now passable, this street's passable, this whole segment of of Crestview, this northwest section of the city is open, so now we can respond. And so then um, strategically, the people who need to get in that area respond. Okay. So, I'm sorry. And really with, you know, um, as it relates to the difference between construction debris and tree debris and then regular uh, sanitary uh, waste, what happens is there, if if for some reason those things get brought out to the road, they, they should be separated. We'll provide we'll we'll use you as a conduit through Facebook and other media sources to to spread that information. But there is a there's a there's it's a there's a strategy to it, and so there's a pass that gets happens very quickly, which is a lot of times the tr- the debris removal, so that we can get access to things. And then there is usually two more passes over about a month's period depending on the severity of the storm and so it's 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 not something where people just throw all of their trash out by the road it's it's there's a there's a process to it we'll organize it we'll work together make sure people know what needs to happen we'll help them to keep it separated but we have to it's not you, you know you don't want to throw everything all in the same space yeah, absolutely. it creates problems and and really uh drives the cost of the of the trash or debris removal up and so you know first and, first is triage and then after that we get into a system where where we you know make sure we're doing things as efficiently as possible and to follow the fema rules because right. so we can get reimbursed for the uh because we're we kind con- we contract in that service out so we're having to pay the the, the uh, person who comes in and removes it for the city and we're, we're assisting as much as possible but all of that is uh reimbursable dollars it all qualifies but we have to keep track record of it you have to have a monitor out there to who can um you know judge uh the amount the cubic yards amounts that in uh, each truck is has been rated (laughs) yeah there's there's a lot of science and data to it it's not as easy as just going out and throwing it on your truck and leaving with it it all has to go to a qualified place where it's uh, disposed of properly and typically they actually will even bring in a scaling system. So they'll bring in scales and because what, what will happen is we'll end up hiring local private contractors through that contract in order to, um, you know, it depends on how bad the storm is, yeah. but if the storm is bad, then, then, you know, you know, in, you know, there's smaller unit, smaller, uh, companies with their trucks are out there trying to do it. So there's, there's uh, certified scales that they yeah. weigh those trucks and all of that stuff. Uh, you know, the other thing that we talked about the preparation for this, this is one of the reasons during the, during 2020, uh, the city went through a reserve, the adoption of a reserve policy for our, uh, as a part of our budgeting process. Yeah. And that was so that, cause, cause th- these numbers that we're talking right now, uh, for that debris removal gets into the millions. And so how do we do that? You know, how, especially as industry begins to slow down and, you know, if you look at Hurricane Michael and, and what it did in Panama City, it takes a while to get those things back going. Well, the city oh, yeah. is reactive to that. And so we've done, uh, over the last year, we've put, uh, you know, we have over a million dollars in our solid waste reserves, and then we have another $5.3 million, um, in our regular reserve policy. And that is for that reason, because those, those monies are a year out before FEMA begins to even do anything um, as far as the city is concerned. And so, again, our preparation starts long before that. If we, you know, if we were just now talking about what we would do in a storm, we'd be in trouble. Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, 
I pretended like I didn't know, <laughs> but you know, I, I know, but I, I sometimes I want to like play it off, you know, here, cause it's helpful for me to, to think of what is it like being someone that doesn't have any of this inside information. But now I didn't have the information about how complicated the debris pickup was. So that was actually kind of interesting. And it made me kind of understand now why it took so long in, in uh, Mexico beach and Panama right. city and all that for them to deal with the amount of devastation that they had. So, yeah. So prior to, to, this gig I got now, I was in I was in private construction industry, and and I've been all over Florida following storms, and I will say that Hurricane Michael was uh, one of the most impressive storms that I've ever seen, and one of the you know most devastating, um, in in that it was the distance it came north. You know, if if Hurricane Michael had come through Okaloosa County, Crestview would have been experiencing devastation that it, that I don't know that it's ever seen. I agree. Uh, and so I saw things there, and I, I was in Puerto Gunta. I watched, I mean, you know, over the years, uh, I've seen entire uh, subdivisions destroyed and things like that. But but really, I, in that storm, um, to me, was had the greatest impact in all of my years of, of, of chasing storms before I came to this business. And, and so uh, it has given me a new respect for the fact that even here in Crestview and being as far north as we are, We've, you know, the preparation is so essential and people paying attention and listening to when it's time to leave and how we leave. And, uh, you know, there I was, we were there, uh, the day after and, and, and I, and I, I ran a volunteer team for several weeks, um, on and off over there, but you know, seven days after we would be just making it into neighborhoods and people were trying to figure out how to flush their toilets cause they didn't have water. And so what that experience has brought to us, though, is we spent a lot of time last year preparing so that we as a city will be able to serve our customers when they find themselves in that type of a situation. We have a good, strong reaction plan um, in, just in case something does happen, and I'm very proud of that. And that, that comes from having experienced people like Wayne and his team on on the staff that can help to make sure that if something does go wrong, we're going to be ready to take care of it. Yeah. Um, I hope so. <laughs> no, we will be. I mean – as, as much as you can. I mean, because sometimes you just don't know, you know, sometimes those things jump from a cat three to a cat sure. five, and, and then you're just like all of a sudden dealing with that. Um, well, we prepare for the worst. Yeah. That I mean, I mean that's ready. what's the point of preparing if you don't yeah. kind of, you know, go that way with it. Um, well, I, th- I mean, I think that pretty much covers what I wanted to talk about. Can you just still think anything else that we might need to throw in there? Or? No, I just encourage everyone to, to listen to, your social social media and and the city's website and all the all the media outlets that we have locally because Chance does a good great job in and sharing this information with you that things that we feel that is important that you need to know and during this preparation for a storm and not only during before the storm but during the storm and after because there will be times that you may not have water there may be times when you'll be under a boil water notice there'll be other things that'll happen and um but just pay attention and follow chance and and i think you'll be well informed yeah so uh thank you for that um so for for that uh you know most people who might see this you're you maybe you already follow us on facebook um if you have facebook and it's at city of crestview 
Um, but we also, I put the same stuff out on our Instagram, which is also at City of Crestview, and on our Twitter, which is at City of Crestview. So those are great ways we communicate with the local newspaper. We communicate with the radio station. So if you listen to this on the radio station, they get our press releases. They follow us on Facebook also, so they see what we say is going on. And also, you know, the county is an absolutely fantastic resource as well. And we all, like uh, Tim said, we work with them and communicate with them and try to keep things as unconfusing as possible in an extremely confusing time for everyone and um, as, as best that we can and try to make sure everybody stays safe and then we do the best that we can afterwards put the pieces back together um, sadly this is just a part of life when it comes to living where we live and you're right as far as that goes Michael is probably the worst one I think I've seen here in Florida since maybe Andrew uh, and like down in Homestead, because there there were some things I remember from that when I was a kid seeing video and stuff. It made me think of some of the stuff that happened in in you know uh, Panama City. And uh, knock on wood, you know we won't have anything that um, uh, terrible happen anywhere uh, in the in the Gulf Coast region. Um, but storms are just part of it, uh, gentlemen. Again, thank you both for taking the time to uh, to come in and, and sit down and do this with me i know you're both extremely busy we've got a ton of stuff going on with the city that's not related to hurricane so i really appreciate you both uh taking the time to do that um and uh yeah uh as always chris you thank you for taking the time to listen and uh, we'll the next one. thank you for joining me for this episode of civic view you can hear new episodes every friday on spotify pandora amazon audible podbean iHeartRadio, and on our website at www.cityofcrestview.org civic view is a public affairs program produced and recorded right here at city hall and is also featured saturday mornings at 7 a.m on waaz fm and wjsb am our music is recorded produced and performed by scott holmes and you can find us on instagram facebook and twitter at city of crestview And with that, I'll say be safe, Crestview, and I'll catch you next time.